This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about Anthony Davis for MVP. We're also talking about Marvin Bagley III and what team best fits him in the NBA draft. We're rounding all up with some Grizzlies talk in the NBA draft. Which prospects best fit the Grizz? But before we jump into all of that, we've got some things you need to check out. Patreon.com slash Most Podcast. If you want to be on a podcast monthly, head over to Patreon.com slash most of podcast and check out that ten dollar tier but we also got monthly podcasts for people who join at the one or two dollar tier also check out most of podcast.com I was wearing the shirt last week I think you should come over and uh, you know check out the store that we have on that website mm-hmm. as well you can also see everything that we post over on the site and finally if you're listening on iTunes give us five stars over on iTunes. We need the support. We need the help. We appreciate the help as well. So head over to iTunes. Give the Fast Break five stars over there. And also, since you're there, just go over to the Onside Kick. Rate that five stars. Primetime Podcast, five stars. And then the Rick and Johnny Podcast, five stars. But boys, let's jump into it. We're going to be doing what, boys, today? We're going to be moving it behind the AD topic. Mm -hmm. We did some show reviews. Most of our podcast did. Mark said, hey, let's try to change this up a bit. Let's put what, boys, in the middle, so let's do that. Let's jump into AD first, and we're going to talk about AD for MVP. Pelicans on a 70-game win streak currently, and AD just had a monster February where he was not only a two-time wet boy, he also shot 50% from the field, 34% from three, averaged 35 points per game, 13 rebounds, 2.2 blocks, 2.5 steals, and also 1.5 assists. A monster Monster February for AD with DeMarcus Cousins being out. So right now we see what AD's doing for the Pelicans. This team looks great out there. They're winning ball games. Does AD have a solid enough of a shot to overtake James Harden for the MVP? I think he does. It's it's going to be a lot of work because again, this is you know he was kind of sharing the load heavily with DeMarcus Cousins, like you mentioned. So really, we're getting like AD unleashed for these last twenty some games. I think that there's a lot of ground to make up. But at the same time, you know. James Harden has his uh, Batman-Robin duo going with CP3, so mm-hmm. I think it's fair game. I think if AD can carry this team into the playoffs on a strong note, he should definitely deserve a spot in the running. It's James Harden. Like, this year, the MVP is going to be, like, this year, yeah, can AD technically win it? Yeah. Like, the, I could technically win the lotto if I buy a ticket, Dave. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm James not Harden going to. is like the continual runner-up to MVP. This is, that's kind of historic. Well, Ricky's saying this well, is the year. This is, that's this what is the, the thing. That's the last three years. Here's what I think about. Honestly, I'd give the MVP to LeBron this year, especially how he's playing with that team. But they're a third seed in the East. So they're also like, losing, eh, yeah. They are losing games. Here's what it sits down to me. You got James Harden, Giannis, AD and LeBron. Those are my MVP top four right now. When I look at James Harden compared to Giannis and AD, because like with LeBron, what we just stated, you have the Bucks who are a seventh seed. They've been in that lower four in the East all year. The Pelicans, yeah, AD's had DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, he's being unleashed. But look at James Harden. Yeah, I have CP3, but look at the stats I'm putting up, plus my team right now. Yes, they're tied technically, but my team right now and going into the All-Star game, we were the number one seed in the West taking down the mighty Warriors for their 
top number one seed, and I don't know why I use air quotes because I like the Warriors, but <laughs> I mean, that to me says more of you are on the best team in the West doing what you're doing, and you're going to make your team better for the playoffs. So, uh, it, like, we always go back and forth. Mm. I mean, last of year— what MVP really it, means. Exactly. So let's mm. define that first, because last year it was, you know, statistical numbers. We saw Russ yeah. first triple-double, averaging a triple-double throughout the season mm-hmm. since Oscar did it uh, back in the 70s. So, I mean, that was historical right there. People even disagreed, though, that he, you know— should have won it because you know people are saying stat inflation, mm-hmm. all this stuff. People were thinking Kawhi was you know more important to his team. You were on the LeBron train. The LeBron train. Uh, James Harden again, runner yeah. up last year as well. So it was just because you know Russ got the first ever triple double yeah. average since Oscar did it, and that's why he got it. Then before we just talked about you know Harden had better statistical numbers, mm-hmm. but Steph was on the best team. So what is MVP? Because right now AD is you know probably having a more impressive season just because he's on a worse team mm-hmm. um, because he doesn't have CP3 around him. He's putting up stats that are unheard of. But also, you look at usage, what AD's going through. I mean, to me, most valuable player means what what player has been most impressive on the best team. And it's not really, you know, you always have the, the idea of like the Warriors too, who mm-hmm. would be the MVP, Steph or KD. But it's pretty clear that James Harden is the best player on the best team. That's why I would say... Given it to James Harden, 14-game win streak right now. You know, right now, top of the West with the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's why I would say it, because he's the best player on the best team. That's what I would go with for MVP. But how are we defining it these days? I days? am with you. I see it as, when I think MVP, I'm thinking the best player right— like, the best player right now, and usually the best player— is on either one of the best two teams in either the East and the West. Mm-hmm. The thing that you got to look at, though— if we're going by technicality of the word, mm-hmm. valuable means, hey, if I don't have you, like if Dave was the most valuable person on this podcast, without Dave, we couldn't do the show. We couldn't do it. That's how that's where it gets skewed, where take look, take Harden off that Rockets team. That Rockets team is still pretty good. You take Giannis off that Bucks team, that Bucks team is still pretty good. The no, debate for me is not, it's not the best. <laughs> but the debate for me is if we're going that route of like who are you without that? Then it's AD or LeBron is what we're looking at. And LeBron usually wins that because the Cavs would be diddly well, right. poo without And that's, that's the thing. I mean, everyone says, like, uh, you know, with LeBron, LeBron should always be MVP because he's, he's the best the player valuable. in the world. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's that's the whole argument. Dave, what are you thinking? Uh, I think that it, it it's definitely a combo of the two. It's, it's your team's success and your team's reliance upon you to get that success. And I think that's one of the weird things when you look at what James Harden is doing with this Rockets team. He's missed some games. CP3's missed some games. And you kind of go back and forth, but the record with both of them and um, the big, I always forget his name. Clint Capella. Clint Capella out there, they're like, they have one loss. They're like 27-1 mm-hmm. and one or something ridiculous. Like, that team is truly one of the most well-planned out teams in the league. And I think that's why I almost want to take something away from it. It's, it's not the reliance on James Harden. He is special. There's no denying that. But that team was built around wings and three-point shooting. And with CP3 out there, like Ricky said, I still mm-hmm. think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're above the Warriors good, but they're still like probably fourth or fifth in the playoff well, running. And I mean, that's what I hate about this conversation because so, and I'm not saying you're doing it just in general, we're supposed to take away from James Harden because Rockets management did a great job putting well, that team together. To contrast that, you go, you the LeBron James <laughs> yeah. conversation, that's a team built around one man. Mm-hmm. If that one man is not there, they fail. Yeah. 
So that's so, why if we're going most valuable, it's LeBron hands down. Yeah, because he has all the building is all supported him. for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and James Harden is on a very good team. He has mm-hmm. a phenomenal stat line. But again, it's the coach builds into that. The the organization builds into it and makes you have those opportunities. Like mm-hmm. if he didn't have Dan Tony there, do you think yeah. James Harden would have these kind of stats? I no. mean, it's it's very situational. Yeah, that's the why coach I, might get him to play defense or want him to play defense. I mean, he he does every once in a while. <laughs> but that's my my whole thing is I lean back to AD and I go. Look, this is a guy who in past years has been a dominant force mm-hmm. who literally did not have a match down low against him. And then you bring in another big who, you know, everybody was a little concerned, like, oh, we're going to try to roll with two bigs and be different. Everybody else is going for guards. Fuck that. We're going wing or we're going bigs, not even mm-hmm. wings, just flat out bigs. I think that's kind of what makes it unique is we saw him with um, with Boogie and the success there, Boogie being a facilitator mm-hmm. as well as a scorer, and now Anthony Davis on his own again. And it's like he's reemerged as like a better form of himself. Well, and the one thing with AD this year is when he hasn't been on the floor, he's missed six games. Uh, they're three and three, and that was with mm-hmm. Boogie uh, in a couple games. But they're three and three without Anthony Davis, so we really haven't seen that team without Anthony Davis and without you know Demarcus Cousins. And we can just assume a te- this team would be terrible without yeah. mm-hmm. Anthony Davis or Boogie. Well, from past years, we know without Anthony Davis, yeah. this team is not good. Unfortunately, he does have a track record with injuries. Yeah, so I mean, right right now, I think it, it's tough to say because right now what Anthony Davis is doing is ridiculously impressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're going to be obviously cutting in a little bit, but Anthony Davis is a wet boy again. I mean, mm-hmm. just put up 53 Preview. points. Uh, <laughs> just put up, 20, you know, the past three games before, you know, since we were last recorded, 27, 53, 26, and he's averaging 15 rebounds. Like, I mean, he's doing... Both it offensively, defensively, he's doing everything for this Pelicans team. Where we talked, you know, James Harden, Chris Paul, they're able to split the load. And when all three of them are on the floor uh, with Capella, mm-hmm. they have one loss, and you know they're able to dish around the ball. They have you know so many players, Ariza, uh, you, you know uh, Tucker on the outside. Yeah. I mean, like they have so many players that they can rely on. I can't pull out all the Rockets players because <laughs> there's so many guys that they can rely on um, on that floor. But did you say Ryan Anderson? Don't forget I didn't about say him. Ryan Anderson. Don't forget about uh, him. But you know that's the thing. It's like there's so many different players that they can rely on. They can go to Gerald Green at some points in the, oh in the year as well. The man from couch to the NBA. Um, but and that, that's more of the system. But then again, I look at it and I say. Without James Harden, this team wouldn't be tied with the Golden State Warriors right now. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I would go to is right now we didn't think anybody would be near the Warriors. And and we saw, okay, sorry, Dave, but (laughs) at least logically looking at it, with this team, with the past two years, like you, you know, we we mentioned last year a little bit too, uh, and and before the season, you know, could the the Rockets take down the Warriors? But that's in the playoffs. We thought regular season wise, Warriors also know that there are many different seasons within this season. And there's also been injuries as well. They've been gassed. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's, they've been to three straight finals, four straight finals, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, so, I mean, obviously these guys have been, you know, used a ton, the Warriors have, but still, what the Rockets are doing right now is extremely impressive. 14 straight wins. The fact that they are this close with the Warriors and tied right now, and you look at this team without James Harden, there's no way they're 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 near this. So that's why I would say James Harden's in the lead for me because he's been doing this the whole season. Yeah. And while Anthony Davis has been extremely impressive with DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins, uh, without DeMarcus Cousins, I'm sorry. James Harden has been fantastic throughout this whole season, and this is a season award and not the best player in February. Well, and that's the one thing I'm looking at right now is the thing that, I mean, reason why we're talking about this today is obviously if Boogie doesn't get injured, we're not having this discussion. And the one thing I'm looking at right now is if you look at AD and his production and his usage – before January 26th, which was when Boogie went down, mm-hmm. to after that, 
before the 26th, let's see, AD had one, two, let's say only two games where he had 30 or more shot attempts. Do you want to know off the top? Uh, I looked it up. You want to know <laughs> how many he's had since then? How many games have they played? They've played. Say all of them. <laughs> no, it hasn't been all. So of them. fourteen to fifteen or whatever it's been. It's been. I'm counting one. He had twenty nine and one, but I'm counting it because it's so close. Five, five games okay. where he's had thirty or more attempts, and it's like, of course, when you're shooting the ball that many times, mm-hmm. and you're the team's number one, not just the number one go to option, but the only option on that team. Because yeah, I know they've got other players, but AD is the option. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me a Mecca Okafor he is isn't not, earning his he is, minutes? Dude, he is he's not been the, fun to watch. Not <laughs> the answer. That's why it's like James Harden. Are we going to take away from him just because AD is going to get more usage because the Pelicans suck? Is but, he getting more usage? Hold on. Harden? Just because the Pelicans... Real quick. Just, I know we'll go back to yeah. just on that thing. But you can say the Pelicans suck without AD, but right now they're on a seven-game win streak. No, so that's what no, we're no, talking no, no. about what it, I'm is the saying fact that they're is, still winning I'm not without saying wins DeMarcus and losses. I'm saying... Are we going to penalize, and this goes back to what Dave was saying, but a different way of saying it, are we going to penalize James Harden because his team is really good around him and Anthony Davis's team is not that good around him? Are we going to penalize Harden because, oh, well, without Harden, well, the Rockets are still a decent team, but without AD, the, the Pelicans, Pelicans are, you know, second in the running for the one, number yeah. one pick. Yeah, they're not even in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying there, but I, I'm not saying it's a penal, like penalization, mm-hmm. but then again, we go back to the fact of most important player. And that, well, that's, 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 that's why we're trying to define what, what it means. How do, how do you value? Is yeah. it the most valuable or is it the best player? But I, I you could see it as the best player. You could argue that Anthony Davis right now has been both mm-hmm. since January 26th. You look at his, at his usage. But he all has year. A, MVP is an all year thing. That's true, but all year he's been great as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's not like Anthony Davis was a bum before this. No. Still- Anthony Davis just <laughs> is getting more opportunities to show what he can do. And since that injury, you see a true shooting of 58.3%, a usage of 34, an offensive rating of 113, and a defensive rating of 102. That's ridiculous right there. And I think uh, statistically since that game, he's averaging over 30 points, over two blocks, over 13 boards, uh, around uh, assistant and a half, and he's shooting efficiently from the floor. Mm-hmm. And this team's been winning. So that's yeah. the thing with that is, you know, I understand where you're coming from. You know, we're, we're penalizing James Harden because he's got a good team. Again, I would say I would give it to James Harden because he's consistently been the best player. And without James Harden, they'd still be a playoff team. They wouldn't be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, so that's that's where I land on this. I'm not really sure exactly, you know, how, what AD needs to do. I don't know if he can make up that lost time from mm-hmm. January to November and October to what, you know, James Harden has been able to do for the 2017-2018 season as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's pretty well put. It's not like anyone thinks that James Harden isn't like the incumbent. Like he is the expected winner of mm-hmm. this award this year. I'm saying that Anthony Davis is working his way into that conversation and has a legit point because over the whole year, it's he's been putting up 28 and 11. Like, come yeah. on, it's not like he was a slouch before this a- injury to Boogie. He mm-hmm. was still one of the best players in the NBA going into that, and now he's just getting more usage and getting put into a better position to be the uh, number one guy on that team at all times. So I don't think by any means we're trying to knock James Harden. We're just trying to say that this is a guy who has had the whole year on a solid team, and he's playing phenomenally versus Anthony Davis, who is now bringing up his game to an MVP level. Well, and the thing, since Boogie got hurt, 8-5 mm-hmm. and five the Pelicans are, 
33 points per game, 13 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 2.3 steals, 2.4 blocks. He's shooting uh, 49% from the field and 34% from three. And those are both close to 50 and 35. So, I mean, like this team's winning without DeMarcus Cousins. They're winning because of Anthony Davis. Again, it's, it's tough because I think now he's in the MVP discussion yes. from what he's done since since Boogie. It's you really about where would injury, he go. No one was even going to mention him. Exactly. That's, people that's were throwing honesty. Steph yeah. in there because of his shooting ability, what the Warriors are doing. People are throwing KD for the same exact reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, really talking, can both of those guys be MVP candidates? And that, that whole discussion that we had last year as well. LeBron was obviously in there. Uh, James Harden was in there. Giannis was in there as well. So let's kind of, you know, thin this out a little bit and talk about guys who can win the MVP. And let's do some MVP rankings on mm-hmm. where you would put everybody. So, Ricky, we'll go with you first. Obviously, you have James Harden. Give us your top five. I'm going to have James Harden at number one. Uh, we're going five? You yeah, said? five. I'm going to go five. James Harden at number one. I'm going to go LeBron James at number two. Going to go AD at three, Giannis at four, and then Steph or KD, make your pick, okay. either one of them. So you're going because, and you're basing those rankings mm-hmm. off of, they are the, you know, you're going, looking at the best teams in the in the, in the the NBA, yeah. and then what those players mean to each team. Yes. Okay. Well, the, me at first, it's what So you're not going of off player. stats, you're going off of the not, team performance as well. Not entirely off of stats. Some of that goes into, like, the one thing that I just pulled up, and it's interesting to me, is of the last four MVPs, Starting back when Durant won it in 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. Durant won the MVP. He was also the scoring leader that year. Then the next year, this is the one of the anomalies. Steph Curry wins the MVP, but Russell Westbrook was the scoring leader mm-hmm. ever since then. Steph the next year, MVP scoring leader. Westbrook last year, MVP scoring leader. So that's why to me... Harden's number one right now. He's the scoring leader right now. Let's be honest. No one wants to give the MVP to a defensive like no. stalwart. Like that's just not how people but, vote. It's I not mean, sexy. Be- well, people see Kawhi, you know, putting up like twenty five or whatever he did last year. Still yeah. awesome. But you know, no one's going to give it to him because he's the best two way player but in before, the NBA. <laughs> before that, it was interesting. Like after that, like thirteen, twelve, and eleven. So it's Carmel Anthony, Durant, Durant, Durant. If we go, <laughs> if we go MVPs, then yeah, LeBron when Melo won it. LeBron when KD was it, Rose when KD was it, yeah. LeBron when KD was it. To be fair, Rose got it because everyone was sick of LeBron at that yeah. point. And that was the thing. They were best team in the Eastern Conference. And then yeah. also, I mean, you look at LeBron. LeBron was putting up stupid stats. But LeBron's putting up you know more stupid stats yeah. now. But they're like, oh, well, it's LeBron. Exactly. I think there's just that, like, it's it's kind of a media problem at that point. Like, because yeah. if well, it's become, like the Jordan days. Jordan been, deserved it every single year that he won a championship. I don't think anyone he can did argue get that. It every single, did he? No, he didn't he did. get it every That's single year. That's didn't the point. Didn't Carmelo get not, one? Yeah, uh, a couple got one. other people did. Yeah. So that's and then, the thing. Uh, like, got one. Yeah. It, it's just there. There's such uh, the problem with the voting around mm-hmm. that is people get sick of giving to the same guy every year because you yeah. want to show different stars from your league, and mm-hmm. I get that because there are a ton of guys and there's a ton of personalities in the NBA. And that's why I'm like. I could see why LeBron deserves to be there, but you're right. I, I've got right now, like in all honesty, my rankings, like it's Harden at one, it's Braun at two, it's I've got AD at three, I've got Durant at four, and I've got uh, Giannis at five. Like I want, I, I'm leaving Steph out, mm-hmm. and that's purely because mm-hmm. I think yeah, that, why KD over Steph and why KD over Giannis? I think KD is just. I don't even know. Like, everybody wants to call, like, Porzingis a unicorn. No, no, I'm saying, like, the words. Yeah. Everybody calls Porzingis a unicorn. And in my mind, I'm like, KD is as unique, if not more unique, than what Porzingis is. Yes, a seven-foot-plus 
guy who can shoot from the outside, who plays amazing defense. KD is that. He doesn't play the amazing, even good defensive, but he also has amazing handles. He is something that no one over seven feet, like we've seen, mm-hmm. be that smooth outside of you know what we're starting to see with uh, Ben Simmons. Like, well, technically, no, no, no. technically, he was KD's last not, measured when technically KD's not seven feet tall. He just says that with um, shoes, look, without shoes. I say, look at him standing next to people on his team who are seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, but and the, the one thing with KD too is we kind of expected this. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, with KP, we call him we're calling him unicorn because he's taking fourth, and everyone's like international. Like we we knew he yeah. was he had the possibility of being good, but when he first came out, we're like, oh my god, this yeah. is ridiculous. We weren't expecting this from an international player. So that's I think that's one reason why he gets the unicorn label. But KD, we knew he was going to be stupid good. I mean, yeah. we saw him at Texas. We saw him throughout his career at OKC and, and Golden State. And again, I think it's, you know, KD's kind of put in that same range. He's probably the second best player in the NBA, um, you know, behind, you know, in front of Harden, behind LeBron and, and Curry. Yeah. Um, but with, you know, KD, it's just consistently, you know, we we know what we're getting from him. Unless he's going to do something outside not, of the exactly, normal. He's not going to surprise you. Yeah. He's just amazing. And that's, that's sort of the thing. That's why I've got him in there. Curry, I, I think that KD is the better player on that team. I think it, as far as impact, you can you can make the argument both ways for Curry versus KD. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever going to be a real answer on who is more valuable to the team, but what I see out of KD, to me, seems more valuable to this Warriors team winning games. Well, and then there's the two things where when Curry was hurt, the team didn't look as good as they currently do, right. but then again, KD's been healthy throughout the whole season. So, uh, you know, there's there's that two, you know, yeah. dichotomies of like which one's nice. going to be Dichotomy. I like I'm, it. I'm smart. I read books. Uh, I don't, but I, 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 I have no, read a no book one, before. No one was I, saying you weren't smart, man. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, like, I have a. Uh, I was thinking it in my head, and I was going to jump in if you didn't get it, and I was mm-hmm. like, nice. I have a, I have a, a, a verbose uh, lexicon that I can right, delve sl- into. Slow down there, Stephen A. A, a source <laughs> up here. Yes, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, PTI when they do the word game. Uh, but anyways, uh, my top five is James Harden's number one. Uh, number two, I'll put LeBron James. I think LeBron still deserves it, but again. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to win it. <laughs> yeah. uh, three's AD. Four, fuck it, DeMar DeRozan. That guy Whoa. deserves some some respect. I, I know was, he's, I know I was waiting the, for one of us to put a Raptor in I know in he there. doesn't have that. Because they are the best team in the East. Yeah, and that's the thing is I know he doesn't have those like eye-popping mm-hmm. stats, You know, only 22 per, um, nothing crazy. He's not the scoring leader or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But someone on the Raptors deserves respect. And like it's probably Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey might, <laughs> uh, say, he might get coach of the year. Um, <laughs> uh, they're they're going to get executive of the year probably, mm-hmm. um, which they deserve. Um, but again, it's just like I, I don't want even then. You don't know. You might go Maury. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say somebody but, put lost strings. But, but you know, Toronto needs some some credit, and I would say with what they're doing so far, mm-hmm. DeRozan needs you to be thrown the credit in there. to be in the top five. Yeah, um, and then I'll put Giannis in there with I, with the Warriors again. I don't know which one is more important. Yeah. So that way, they I don't think from each other. they should be top five. I mean, uh-huh. like I, I think they're both ridiculous players, but. How can one be more valuable than the other if they're both the number one team? The the, the you know the Western Conference are tied for number one team in the NBA mm-hmm. uh, in the Western Conference, and we're still not sure which one's better. And that means n- neither of them are top five, or they're both in the top five. And I can't <laughs> yeah. put both of them in the top five. Fair um, with James Harden, I can look at it and I would say he's more important to that that, that team than, than Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been a fantastic addition. Yeah. He's awesome this year. Uh, but but it's again, not Chris Paul of you know like five years ago. It's yeah. it's it's a little bit older, a little bit more vet savvy. But he knows mm-hmm. when to turn it on. Harden's the best player on that team. Yeah. So uh, and and that's why Harden's number one. I think that AD can win it. Um, but what he's need, what he needs to do is take that team to the fourth or fifth seed. Um, and he needs to conti- continue this winning winning streak. I say they can't on. lose a game. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they can't lose a game, but they they if if they only have you know seven six five losses, you know ending this season like yeah. from from this point on. 
he's definitely going to be probably two and possibly even fighting for one if he's able to take that team to the fourth or fifth seed in the Western Conference because people see that you know how important he is and if he keeps this up he's probably going to be nearing on that scoring title he's going to mm-hmm. be you know probably p- posting 15 boards he's going to be probably defensive player of the year I mean he has the ability yeah. to just rack in awards if he's able to take them on a, a crazy run uh, but any final thoughts guys well my final thoughts is I did the stat check in Barkley won it in 93 and won too. it in 97 yeah, and so Robinson the middle, won it. the middle of the that yeah, Robinson, count. Robinson the half season won don't it. count. No, no, but I'm saying like the middle ones. Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. Hakeem and but and I Robinson don't count won. those because yeah. he was in baseball. And Magic yeah. had the two years before the double three peat, so it's yeah. like uh, I'm just saying Michael Jordan was sort of the best for that whole time. Mm-hmm. Credit to Magic, phenomenal player, but uh, just well, <laughs> that was passing the torch because Michael didn't. Michael won it, and then Magic won two, and then yeah. Michael won it again. True. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it I'm was just kind saying. of the passing of the torch. That was the in between. Yeah. And then when Jordan won the finals, it was like, okay, kid, you're <laughs> the best. <laughs> you're the best. We know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you though, Sean. I think that uh, it's going to take an amazing run to finish out the season for AD to be in it, uh, or for him to win it. Mm-hmm. I think that he's definitely he's deserved his yeah. name in that conversation, though. Yeah, and especially what they've been doing so far, and, and what AD has been doing on the floor. He's been stupid good. But then again, we know that guys, and we talk about this is why we made Wet Boys pretty much, yeah. is because when these guys go on these crazy runs, mm-hmm. um, we want to be able to mention them, but it's like we don't want to make crazy claims like, oh, is you know Anthony Davis the best player in the NBA? But then he you know falls off just a little bit because he's not putting up you know, 35, 17, and I mean, five blocks. The Rockets or haven't lost a game in like three weeks almost. Yeah, for a 14 game win streak. I, I mean. mean- it's been insane what they're doing. So that's that's that, that's why. I mean, like <laughs> that's the problem. If James Harden keeps, if the Rockets keep doing what they're doing, I don't know if anyone can knock off James Harden. Exactly, and that's the thing is like you're going up a guy against a guy who hasn't who didn't lose in February. Yeah, he, the last <laughs> loss was against New Orleans actually right. on, on January 26th. Kryptonite, uh, and that was the go. game that Demarcus Cousins got hurt. So they, it was a technically a win too, because then. <laughs> You know, they knocked out a, a fierce opponent because if they get the two seed and New Orleans stays at the second, well, they're facing a New Orleans Pelicans less boogie. Uh, anyways, throwing that out there. But the, 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 even then, before that. I love that perspective, they had, they had They were from January 8th to, you know, uh, February 28th, they have two losses Jeez. to LA Christ. and New Orleans, which is ridiculous. The uh, Clippers, by the way. Uh, anyways, let's move on now. Since we just did a whole topic on them, let's talk about Wet Boys. AD, again, is climbing up the leaderboard. He has now taken the number one spot in the 2017-2018 Wet Boy total. Four weeks now for AD being a Wet Boy. If you're new to this topic, Wet Boy is a player who is red hot Throughout the past week since we last recorded to the day we are recording, a guy that put up stupid, ridiculous numbers, and we got to give him props. These are the soggiest of shooters, the wettest of boys, the dampest of dudes, the uh, moist men. That, there we you. go. That's the one I was always I messed love up the order. Way. We're talking about wet boys. Ricky, give us your wet boy. Well, my first one is the king, LeBron James. Not just 31, 11, and 9 this week, but you got the milestone. You got the 38 and 8 overall. You've got... Everything for what I believe this last month he averaged a triple, triple double, double. Yep. for the entire month. Like it had to be the shortest month of the year. Like though. he I mean, is, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he could he could do it for two more days, well, three more days if he needed. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Are we are we gonna go back to January and take his last two games in January? Or are we gonna take the first two in I'm March? I'm just ESPN and yeah. I'm, I'm just say, saying like he could possibly do it. This is the guy, wet boy for the week. All right, not giving props for the, the amazing uh, oh, uh, dribble. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, I on. forgot about that. Yeah. I was thinking about James Harden. So I was I mean, put him on Rocco skates. Rocco and 
Embiid and then Tristan Thompson. It was right Thompson, through TT's leg, or he just I mean, threw the pet. What was it like? No, it was, threw a, it, was it? Be, it was behind the back. It was behind it was the back. Behind through the back through TT's legs, yeah. though. Yeah, through TT's and legs. And then he gets it, and the best part puts it in for two. I mean, that complete the play. And one. Yeah, you complete the play. It was the best part. One of the coolest things we saw all week. Yeah. My white boy for the week, I'm giving some love to those Phoenix Suns. Those boys are just. They're racing for the tank. They're so um, bad. <laughs> they are incredibly bad. But you know what's fun about them? Devin Booker. Devin Booker is that shining ray. Uh, he's putting up, you know, just just an easy thirty six, uh, eight and five on like forty seven percent shooting, forty two from behind the line. Like, come on! I, I know this kid's amazing, and I, I honestly I want to keep pushing him because like. I know that they don't get enough love because they're just an awful mm. team. Now he's got a point guard there, a real point guard. Thanks, Orlando. Well, let's. I, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with with their drafting yeah. because they're, if they get if they get another point guard, if it, you know if they have the opportunity to take a Sexton, um, I don't know if they take a Trey mm-hmm. Young, but you could you imagine Trey Young and Devin Booker in the same same uh, one two guard mean, combo? Right Jesus. now they are number two. Yeah, so I, I mean they're they're probably going to maybe go Luca, mm-hmm. possibly Aiton if he's still available. Um, yeah. They could still win the lot. Lottery. Um, Who knows? I mean, they get screwed in the lottery a lot. I could see them dropping back to like four or five. Easy. It, it'd be crazy to see what happens if they're able to put Aiton down there. Probably be the smartest choice. But I mean, if they're able to get a, a point guard like Sexton or Young to pair with Devin Booker, watch out, world. I mean, you got Splash Brothers two point oh. Give this Trey boy Young some and help. Devin Booker. That's all I'm asking. Give well, this boy some help. And I'll give Josh Jackson credit. He's he's he's, he's getting better quickly. He's getting real. Be- I mean, you, we <laughs> talked about Brandon Ingram. Uh, you know, not having a great rookie year last year. He's been ridiculous so far. Um, this year, I mean, Brandon Ingram uh, as a point forward has yeah. been awesome this year, and and we can see the development in Josh Jackson could possibly be the same thing. So we'll we'll see what happens with Josh Jackson. I don't know if he's going to be that point forward, but still, mm. I mean, two way player Josh yeah. Jackson, if he's able to develop That's that actually- jumper, gonna be ridiculous. Um, anyways, my wet boy of the week we already talked about him, Anthony Davis in the past <laughs> games. They have a seven-game win streak, but Anthony Davis, 35 points per game, 15 total rebounds per game, two blocks per game. I think he's also got a little under uh, two uh, two steals a game. He's also averaging around an assist and a half a game, shooting 50% from the field. Didn't hit a three, but he is efficient from the line, 84% for AD and the brow. So uh, giving some love to Anthony Davis again. Uh, the now leader in wet boy, what, what, what are we calling this? Wet boy honors? Yeah. Yeah. Wet is that boy, what we're calling? And the 2018... And then, 2017, we're gonna have the, and then we're going to have the all-time Wet Boy Award at the end of the year. But is it all-time well, Wet Boy or is it Wet Boy of the Year? Wet Boy of the Year. Wet Boy of the Year. So this is a Wet Boy. And then, like, so years wet... down the line, we have the all-time Wet Boy. So he's got a yeah. Wet Boy honor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So And he did just pass up James Harden. He did. So, so how, the, how the rankings go right now, AD has four. Mm-hmm. Harden and LeBron are tied 2-3 three, at three. And then we have a now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten player tie at Jesus two. Christ. To be fair, Deb Booker got just two, added into that. but the the Suns themselves have one. So nope, I would argue it's not on the, didn't put it on the list. No, nope. not on there. No, the Suns are on the list. <laughs> yeah, didn't put it on there. You should put the Suns on nope, the list. Nope, you threw that vote away when you said the Suns. <laughs> No, the Suns wet, boy, be... wet boys are players. It's one player. No. Okay, so first off, boy, that whole team. first off, you were on the podcast yeah. when that happened. Get, put that on there. Put that on there. Put the Phoenix Suns one wet boy. All okay, right. sure, I did it. No, you he didn't. did not. Put the Suns on the. Okay, I, I think you shared. The, I think you shared the link with us. I'm I'm editing that. Um, anyways, he's gonna take off the permission now. Anyways, <laughs> fuck you, Ricky. Put the Phoenix Suns in the wet boy. They earned that wet they boy. They got the they got the vote. All right, this is going on too long. We gotta wrap this up. Uh, I'm totally off track now. You suck, Ricky. Um. <laughs> What were we talking about? Come what on. boys? 
Wet Boys. Oh, uh, it's a Wet Boy Honor. So now he's yeah. the, the leader in Wet Boy Honor uh, with four. But an honorable mention. The Wet Boy Race. The honorable mention this week goes to Damon Jones for getting a bowl of soup thrown <laughs> by J.R. Smith. What kind of soup do you think it was? Uh, we were talking about that. I, I, I see J.R. as a grilled cheese tomato soup guy. Okay. What? Really? Yeah. I think I think as crazy I as he is. I can see tomato soup. I think I as see crazy it. as he is. On and off mm-hmm. the court, as goofy as he is, I think he is a, a classic when it comes to the soup and lunch combo mm-hmm. of a grilled cheese and tomato soup. I think I, I think Jr. That. is pretty calm when it comes to his. Could food. you imagine if it was like a cream of chicken rice or something like that, like a cream soup instead of like the regular broth that soup? That stuff could like scald you. No, it, it could. But that's the thing when we're talking. Is it a gazpacho? Like, is oh, it cold? Yeah, he's <laughs> still my thunder there. But then also, I mean, like, was I, ho- it, I hope it was cold was it for reheated Damon. soup, but. Did he not throw the soup in the the microwave yet? You know when you get like you go out oh, to a restaurant. Soup? Yeah. No, no, you go out, you go out to a restaurant and get oh, okay. soup, but it's like you, you put the it in the fridge. To go. Yeah. yeah, you get it to go, and that's in the styrofoam container. And yep. they're like, oh, I'm gonna reheat this up mm-hmm. tomorrow, and it's just that like jelly, disgusting blob. Ugh. And you have to put water in it. Maybe it could was just that like you put that, water in it. Well, yeah, you, t- you gotta put if, milk in it. No, when it's that blob, you put water in it. I, I'm a cream soup guy, so I put the milk in to make he, it a little I more say, yeah, yeah. Probably shows he the knows difference what he's doing. between <laughs> this <laughs> and that. It tastes better. There's it no gives, difference gives, to me because it's just to get cream. the liquid back in. The yeah. liquid's already in there, Ricky. Mm-hmm. I'm starting with Ricky on this one. <laughs> I do the same thing. All right. Yeah. All right. But anyways, let's move into the world of college basketball and the NBA draft. We talked about the realm of Anthony Davis and his wet boys. He's now been a wet boy uh, for four months. We're getting mm-hmm. out of the NBA. We're going into the college basketball world, and we're talking about the Duke freshman, Marvin Bagley III. And we're going to give a shout-out to Free Game over on Twitter. You can follow him at Negro Damas. Um, and he slid in into the DMs late last night and said, why are y'all ranking Marvin Bagley so low? And I just went into the fact saying that I don't know what he will play mm-hmm. in the NBA. I don't see his offensive game translating over too well um, to start whatever team he goes into. He's not going to be, you know, what he's doing right now at Duke. He's not going to be the guy with the ball in his hands consistently. He's going to need to work off other players, and I don't know how he's going to do that exactly. So, looking at this, Marvin Bagley, we see the athleticism, we see the talent. He's super talented. If we're going based on talent, he's probably a top three player, probably even uh, above maybe Aiton just with what he can do overall. I mean, Aiton, Aiton what Aiton can do in the NBA is yeah. ridiculous. But I mean, like, you know, shooting-wise, athleticism, yeah, say, best dribbling. Best player doesn't really always translate. Exactly. That's what we're saying. So, I mean, right right now, he's been ridiculously impressive. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing that you can't take away from him. It's how is he going to translate to the NBA? So... It's probably perfect that we're talking about which team best fits him because if he goes to the right team and they're able to really show what he shows best, this guy might be a top NBA player. Um, and Negro Damas over here saying that he's going to be putting up 18 points per game and nine boards in his rookie year. So not do you agree with that because that's a ton. The last guy to do that I think was Cat. Um, but talking about this specifically, which team best fits Marvin Bagley third? I mean, I just want to say also jaw that year. Uh, you he know, put up 17, though. Rolling out of bed. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, I think the cool thing with uh, Bagley is that there's a couple of teams that could fit him. It really just comes down to, like, his usage because he is, you know, really athletic, really quick, and has a motor that doesn't turn off. And that's what I like to see because the whole year has been that way. Even coming after he's coming out of this injury, still has the same motor. hasn't dropped off even a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, those things are all great things to translate to the next level. Like you said, the question about the fit and the um, where is he going to translate that offensive game at the NBA level. That's why I think that 
not only could he go to, you know, and I hate doing this now because the, the bottom of the NBA is so close. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mocking him to a, you know, the number one overall slot, but I'm saying these teams could fit well. Like, I know we're talking Memphis later, so I'll just may mention Memphis could mm-hmm. work for him. Um, I think Dallas would be an interesting thing. If this is the last year of Dirk, even if it's not, you know, they're rotating that size. And I think that he would be a good fit. He can bounce between the four and the five for them, especially with Harrison Barnes mostly playing some four time this year. And I think the one weird one to me is that I think that he actually would fit well in Sacramento. And I know a lot of people um, are like, but you guys have Willie Collie Stein and Scale, and we've been, they've invested stuff there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this is a young team, and I like what he could bring to them because I like the pairing of him with De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, um, our boy uh, Bogdan. Like, I think that if you have that group, I, I really do like his fit there as well. Well, and the one thing, too, you mentioned a little bit right now, just separating one through seven is a game and a half. I mean, right, right now, Brooklyn is sitting at that seven spot, but they're only a game and a half of that number one seed. It's just because Memphis has lost 12 straight games. Yeah, they're I mean, that it's number just, one seed. they're so, impressive I mean, the tank game. We don't know which teams are going to be where when the NBA draft comes along. So mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about which teams are going to be best fitting to Bagley. We look last uh, last mock draft. We had him going to Memphis right. at that six spot. So right now at six, that would be Orlando, Brooklyn, Chicago, New York, all those teams after him. Yeah. That would be possible fits if at least we're going off his mock uh, the last mm-hmm. mock draft ricky are you agreeing with dave well, with the teams he threw out there the team that i was thinking about before dave even threw him out there was dallas because the way the mock kind of rolls right now for me is yeah memphis was great last time we did our mock draft but now they're the number one pick i know we're going to get into them later so i won't go too far into it but spoiler alert if you're going to take a big you're going to go with Aiton over Bagley. I know the difference of one's going to play the five, one's going to play the four. Right. But I don't pass. If I need a big, I'm taking Aiton over Bagley. No matter what, it's going to be four or five. The next possible team, like the next teams that could use bigs, the like Phoenix could go ahead and take them. I don't think they, they would. They would. I think they would go with a guard at that point. Yeah. But Dallas to me, because it's like, okay, you know what? At this point, what do we do? Do we go with a guy like Mo Bamba? Do we go with a guy like Marvin Bagley? And the thing that I look between the two, because that's what it is for me. Right now, Aiton's at the top. Then it's Bamba and Bagley are my two next mm-hmm. two bigs. You Straight disrespect to Triple J. Yeah, we'll well, throw in Triple, Jackson Triple J is there. I have him four right now. I have him right behind. Him and Bagley will then fight well, for three. And then I disagree with that because I have ba- yeah. uh, Bamba at two, mm-hmm. Jackson at three, yeah. Bagley at four. And then Dave, Dave disagrees has, with that. Because he's yeah. got he Jackson, got at, Jackson two, at two, and Bagley, Bagley at three, yeah. three, and Bamba at four. Yeah, but so, the I mean, point I'm trying to make is <laughs> a lot of bigs. Dallas could be interesting because just between Bamba and Bagley, Bagley to me is a player where, yeah, he does a lot of things. But does he do? He doesn't do any one thing really well to me. Where it's like he's got a variety, but he can improve in all of his areas. Whereas you have a Mobamba, where it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, defensive stalwart. At least he's really good in one area, and I know what I'm getting in that area, and I don't have to improve everything. But why is that a negative? from Marvin Bagley. If he does a lot of things, things well, yeah. mm-hmm. why is that a negative? Because the athleticism is there, the size is there, the b- body, the build is all there, where Mobamba, he, he, you know, he needs to get bigger. Because to me he, needs is... to, he needs to become more of a basketball mm-hmm. player. He's got a lot of athletic and, and, and you know body abilities. He's mm-hmm. seven, you know, with the 7'9 mm-hmm. wingspan. 
But with Bamba, I don't know if that you know polish is on that basketball game where you look at Bagley, he's able to handle a little bit. He's able to drive. He's able to shoot a little bit. He needs to tweak those things, but there's a lot of things he does well. I see that more as mm-hmm. a positive compared to where Bamba, you need to really work on his offensive well, game. And another thing that plays into this, I like that you brought up the handles for Bagley. That's one of the reasons why I would still move away from him with Dallas and go with a Bamba because it's like, you know, we've got Dennis Smith Jr. He's our main ball handler. We don't well, need I don't think anyone's going to say Bagley's yeah. are going to be no, your main no, no, ball handler. No, 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 I know. But like he can handle the ball too, just not like a LeBron James in a forward type of situation. One team that I thought about, not solid on this fit because I'm not solid on either of the guys playing center, but it could be interesting if he goes to four right now. Could the Hawks think about it? Because they were a team, when they were number one, we said, no que- like for me, no question, Aiton's your guy. Right. But could they go Bagley and maybe then try to figure out, I know they got John Collins there, but is John Collins more of a forward, and Bagley would come in playing that four. I don't think he would play the five coming in for the Hawks. Well, one thing, Collins is bigger. Yeah. So I, at least, you know, like... Fatter, broad wise, yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fatter. Fatter's the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he's more built. He's solid. He's an older guy too. I mean, he mm-hmm. was a sophomore at Wake Forest, so now he's. You know, I think he's got three years on on Bagley, three or two years on Bagley, um, age wise. So I mean, that's something where Collins is a little bit bigger, might be able to you know face defensively centers a little bit more. But none of those guys are really Bagley great is def- technically one inch taller too. Yeah. Six eleven, but, six. But 10. like size wise, yeah, like, like muscle size too. W- yeah, broadness mm-hmm. uh, wise. Yes. Um, I, I think that you know you don't really have a true center there. And I think that's a good point. Um, but what we've heard at least coming out is that they're not really set on keeping John Collins around. Mm-hmm. They're really going to be trying to whoever they draft is going to be their guy. But they're going to try to build around. Then John Collins could, has been good. They can they draft Bagley then, and he can be their four. Yeah, but it, but then again, at that point, it, it really comes down to mm-hmm. exactly you know what are they going to do with Dennis su- too? No, but can he be a superstar? Yeah, like like right. with Bagley, if you're taking him, is he going to be the guy? Because mm-hmm. your idea is you know can he be the guy? And then if yeah. Tra- you know a guy like Trey Young's out there, Michael Porter Jr.'s out there. Why would you take you know Bagley mm-hmm. if you're more sold on a guy like Trey Young or uh, Porter being uh, being more of a star than Bagley? Not saying that they are, but I'm mm-hmm. saying if they feel that way, then like you're you're really in that situation of we are getting a guy who's going to be a focal point of our team. Which guy has the higher upside to be a superstar? Porter, Young, Bagley. That's going to be coming into discussion as well. Well, and that's another thing. I know this is a, isn't exactly fit, but it's one thing that could affect Bagley. Just looking at the draft right now mm-hmm. is not only does he have to fight off the I'm better than Bamba or Aiton as a big. He's also got to fight off the, let's say he's there for four for Atlanta, the, all right, do we go with Bagley or we're not sold on keeping Dennis around. Let's go after a Trey Young. Yeah, let's get I that mean, guard in there. No, that's yeah. why I threw out Trey Young yeah. being in there because he's a super, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, superstar possibility. That's why They're I not like, sold on keeping anybody. And that's yeah. why going back to what Dave said, I do, like, the Kings aren't, I'm not solid on it, but... They're the one team that I know for sure would not go with a Trey Young. And let me throw out one team. Unless Trey Young we, balls in the tournament. Before we talk about you know one one yeah. specific team that he's going to be a best mm-hmm. fit for. I know this team is pretty low right now, and this is not a team that's for sure. I'll throw out your Bulls out there too because I, I was going to bring like, them up. I know I, pe- I know up. people like the uh, the Bagley Bulls fit mm-hmm. uh, for you know a little bit just because of what I'm going to mention because they have uh, market in there. Um, but the Knicks, yes, the Knicks yeah. right now, I think could be a nice fit for. Marvin Special Bagley. when KP comes back? That's the point. Uh-huh. So you're going to have a guy in KP who can stretch the floor, who can work on the outside, work on the perimeter. And Bagley, with him you know, being able to you know, just you know, be a cutter at some points because he mm-hmm. has that speed cut in the basket, he'd be phenomenal in that. We see KP being a decent passer. Um, and, and also, 
what you can do as well is you could put Bagley, weirdly enough, in ISO situations and spread KP out where, you know, if Bagley's driving, he can kick it out and, and they can swing it around to an open KP and they're completely opening the lane up for Bagley mm-hmm. to work. We've seen this work in college a ton. Uh, I think back to that Texas game mm-hmm. where he's on, uh, not Bamba, but it's uh, Ostrakowski. I, I always yeah. forget that guy's name, Dylan Ostrakowski. Um, I think that's his name. But, no uh, relation to Dave over here. No, because no. there's a Kowski on it. <laughs> I don't got a Kowski. Um, but there's the, he's on the right wing, and it's ISO ball. All the Duke players on the left side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bagley's in the right wing, and he's just going one-on-one with this guy, and he's just torching him because yeah. this guy's bigger, I, quicker, faster, right. stronger, hate, and he's able to pull up. I hated that game. Well, like well, That game was so mm-hmm. god-awful to watch only because it's like, well, Bamba's out of the game. Bagley ruled the day. So well, that's the that, thing. But that's the NBA. Thing. Can like, you do that? No, no. But I, that was a cl- oh, wait, what, wait. Wait. Would you hate basketball? It was no, a close game. Saying, you saw a star dominate. That's what no, you love in basketball. I'm saying like in overtime because once, oh, okay, once yeah. Bamba fouled yeah. out, it was, hey, let's throw it down to Bagley. And it's like, oh, my God, he's dominating. Like mm-hmm. That's not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a close game throughout. But that's what you could see with, with the Knicks. Yeah. They, they can run off at the sets just like where they Dave iso said, Bagley on the right side. But like Dave said, is he going to be able to do that yeah. at the NBA Is level? he going to be able to out-muscle people, outsize them? I don't I don't think so. And that becomes the question. You mentioned superstar potential and mm-hmm. fit, and him working low post sounds great and all. And I'm sure like he can come into the league, and he's decent-sized already. Mm-hmm. It's just the question question of he doesn't have the experience working against NBA bigs and it going up against guys who are like 6'10 in in college versus yeah. like 6'10 in the NBA is a, a world of difference but again we're not drafting guys on their rookie year mm-hmm. performance no, and I understand. this is what Bagley can become but, but do you want to draft a big you know 4-5 guy in today's NBA as your guy for the team that's why I don't think Atlanta would go with him mm-hmm. I don't think that he mm-hmm. is the anchor he's not a focal point of a team in my mind well, he brings awesome energy, I can see him easily being, you know, like a 14 and 9 guy. Like, I don't see him being the superstar. You know, I don't think he's Kevin Love in Minnesota. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the kind Like a 2020, 2015 yeah. guy, yeah. That, that's not, not where I see either. him. Probably not fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fat K-Love's my friend. But uh, I don't I don't see him doing that. And that's just where I see him mocked out, like, is not that role. I think he is an awesome energy guy. I think he definitely can be a 4 or a 5 in the NBA because everybody wants to go smaller, more mm-hmm. athletic. So he'll have the opportunities. Going up against guys like Larry Nance on the, um, right now on the Cavs is playing center sometimes for them. So you will have opportunities to take advantage of guys, but I don't think that he is going to be like your star on your team. That's well, why I'm looking for teams who kind of have established guys maybe, and he can kind of be that awesome complementary piece. That's mm-hmm. why I'll throw out two. One's a little bit farther back. Like you said, the Knicks, I'll one-up you, Sean, the Clippers. Whoa. To where, like, if and he that, fell, he's not well, going no, no, that no, deep. no, that's a, also not a fall thing of Detroit. Fall Twelve. We don't know. We don't know how Detroit's going to do going forward. What if they lose a couple games? They move up in that draft order, and he goes into there. A team that could be in his range that I think would be interested in taking him. Let's see what they do with their contracts. What if Cleveland can be like, hey, you know what? We're going to work a deal. To get TT out, we're going to get that contract off the books. Hey, we don't want Larry Nance to be our main power forward. Hey, he's here at seven. Let's get a guy like Bagley who can come in and be someone young for this team if LeBron stays, too, or they think LeBron is going, going to stay. To. I mean, because he could be a guy that if – because LeBron with that team can open up the lane. Right. And then Bagley can work inside, outside – whatever he wants, and they can move K-Love down low sometimes. They can switch off whenever they want. We see K-Love always working on the perimeter most of the time, too. I mean, 
you're pretty much putting him in that TT situation too. And I mean, he's a bigger than TT. That's at the least, question: is, How know, much of an upgrade height-wise. over TT would he be? And like, I don't know. I think it's marginal. I think I, he definitely has the body for it. Um, it's just I'd say offensively, it's an upgrade. Yeah, defensively, defensively, it's a downgrade. Is the, that's the yeah. thing. And that's what do they need TT for on that team? And that's because Caleb can't play defense against fives. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, that's I I, I like mm-hmm. where you're going with get younger and bigger. Yeah, but like I that. That's not a great swap out for them. If, if they could even move TT's contract, which well, yeah, is a that's problem what it would in have itself. To be. Yeah, I, I kind of like the New York fit. We went into that. Uh, the one thing that's kind of like an out outsider thing for me is like, what if a team wanted to trade up for them? Like, I'm looking at a couple of teams further back. Like, Phoenix has a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking well, I mean, the Clippers have two picks too right now. Yeah, in the lottery. So, I'm I mean, thinking if, trade up. if a team traded up for him, I could see Phoenix taking. If it landed like it did today, if they traded up, you know, like they're 15 and 16 or something mm-hmm. to get back to like 8 or 9, 10, like somewhere in that range, like if they get what they need it to and they could take him in that range, I think they'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. I honestly do because, you know, uh, Dragon Bender's gotten a lot of shit because he has not wowed anybody. I still think he's young. I think he's a good passing big and I think he's got potential. And honestly, Marquise Chris has been disappointing. Well, like, yeah, but, it, but I think I, mean, I can just honestly say that without anybody going, no, he's still, no, he's just disappointing. Okay, he's been disappointing and so is Bender, but again, these guys are still young. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I still going to take a while. And when, again, when we, when I first, I was like a back of my mocks. Yeah. Chris was around 20 when, when that first started. <laughs> and he only jumped because NBA execs liked him. I didn't see a guy that was ready for the NBA. You saw the mm-hmm. NBA body. They like, yeah, they like yeah. the body and they like the athleticism. And, and that's. And honestly, huh? I kind of see it with Marvin Bagley, but Bagley's much better and, 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 and yeah, offensively yeah. as well. He's got he's, the he's, athleticism too. He's got the athleticism the same size as Chris, mm-hmm. or similar at least in that, that yeah. aspect. He's got more polish to his game, but then again, I, I see some similarities between him and Marquise Chris, at least college-wise. I mean, obviously, uh, Chris was working with De- DeJounte Murray, and it was different offenses, you know, obviously better players on this Duke team. Um, and, and now Bagley is the guy on that Duke team. Chris wasn't the guy on that uh, that, that Washington team. But you can kind of see similar bodies, similar athleticism. I, I think there's an you know a, a thing with Bagley where I don't know what he will be able to do in the NBA. The talent is there, the athleticism is there. But again, you were saying fourteen and nine. I, I think that's totally year. realistic. And you know you can look at someone like Free Game team, yeah. who's coming out and saying eighteen and nine, and that's cat numbers. And and his and arguments John. that <laughs> yeah, and, and, and his and uh, sorry, Free, Free Game's argument was the fact that you know. Uh, he's more polished offensively than uh, than Carl Anthony Towns was uh, in his rookie year. Uh, he's a much better athlete. Face up game's much better. Um, I, I just don't know if you're going to be if if he goes to a team if he's going to be able to show his face up game. All of these things because you look at that Minnesota team, it was Wiggins and Cat. That's all it was, and Levine you, as well. You bring up a great point because his usage and that's all that became a source of controversy with him coming back from his injury is because he became that black hole of mm-hmm. offense. Uh, for that team, I you know, in the NBA, is he going to need that high usage to stay engaged, or can will he be okay with a, a more limited role, not being the guy on a team? Mm-hmm. That's that's I think what I'd like to see how that plays out. Well, and the thing that I'm thinking of is that Phoenix thing that you mentioned, Dave. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to bring them back in with the the whole thing where you're saying hey, get what they want at two, then trade up. Stay I'm tuned bringing, for what? I'm bringing the Suns up again in the next segment. It's what we call oh. a tease in the biz, Sean. Okay. A tease. I'm teasing I thought you it. meant just yeah. in this segment no, later. I was like, I'll just bring it up late, now, dumbass. No, later like, in how the Grizzly segment, I'm going to bring the Suns up again. But no, I mean, mm. for me, if I had to do it, 
I would think about it for Dallas, but my ultimate one, I really like the Knicks one that you brought up because it's also, he can also get, and he being Bagley, can get into the game without having to work with, worry about how do I fit with KP right away. He can just get used to the NBA, then KP comes back, what, February? It would almost be almost a full year. year. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how he recovers. Yeah, but it, it would it be around this time where he'd be back with KP, and then KP's coming back to a kid who, hey, I've been in the NBA well, for half a year. I'm almost to my second year. Well, and one thing, too, with Bagley is um, it, he, he seems like he could be a great pick-and-roll guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen that really shine at Duke so far. Well, they kind of lack a true point at yeah. times. So. so, I mean, we, we haven't seen him really work in the pick-and-roll. Grayson um, Allen, not a true point. He's not up, a point guard. Um, <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> he handles the ball. That's why we. I, we our first reaction, both of us said, "Shut up!" <laughs> like that you should, should tell you something. Don't defend your take. Um, but I didn't like Grayson Allen. No, no one say. We didn't say we dislike Grayson Allen. We're saying he's not a true point. The kid's a fucking shooting guard. Half the time he's sitting on the wing waiting for the ball to get passed to him. But we haven't seen Bagley work in the pick and roll, like truly work in the pick and roll. Yeah. And, and you think about the possibilities of a two, two, two. Pick set. Well, I mean, they don't really have a, a, a true point guard out in New York either, so that's really going to kill them. Because um, I know Moutier's been okay, um, but again, we don't know exactly what Moutier's going to be. Shining star. Trey Burke, too. <laughs> you, I, actually, I thought he was supposed to be my wet boy this week. Um, God. But, and we know, yeah. you know Frank is, is very raw right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think of the, uh, the, the idea of, you know, KP and Bagley setting two screens on the right, on, on the right side, they drive to the right side. Bagley rolls in through the middle of the paint. Mm-hmm. KP pops out. That's disgusting. Let me ask like, you. Then. I mean, like, there's. I, I think fit wise, New York's the best team. I'm gonna pop this question off. Then you're at number nine. You're GM of the Knicks. Congratulations, Sean. I know it's the job you've always wanted. Thank you. <laughs> what do you go with at nine if you had to choose between Bagley and Sexton? Then uh, none of the Marvin <laughs> Bagley won't be there. So no, Sexton. I'm saying if if Bagley's there, do you go Bagley or Sexton? Bagley's, Bagley's got a higher. Ceiling, so I'd go Bagley. Not even, not even potential wise or well, fit wise. Like it, it's easy, Bagley. Like I mean, I think that's not the same case for everybody. What do you mean? I don't think everyone would agree that yeah. they take Bagley over Sexton because, like, I think what you were talking lot. about, they need a point guard as well. Do you go that point guard and Sexton? Who we're saying, like, they're we're comparing like him and Trey Young, and he's one of the top point guards in this draft. Not a deep point guard draft, though. We the th- right now with the Knicks, mm-hmm. we see so many point guards that are starting quality. Mm-hmm. You can find those guys in free agency. You can find those guys somewhere. And right. also, you look at the team right now. We don't know what Moody will exactly be because he's still young. He's been okay in a Knicks uniform. And also, Frank, we know he's more of a two, mm-hmm. but they want to develop into a one. They're mostly going to put him at the two for the rest yeah. of the season. But we don't know what kind of jump he can take throughout his NBA career. So, with the KP injury... I would take Marvin Bagley, not only because I believe he has a higher ceiling, but also he can be a guy that hopefully one day, in your eyes, could not only be a great counterpart to KP, but if KP doesn't come back the same way, he could become possibly the guy for the New York Knicks. I'm not saying that he could be uh, and will be, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that he will be, but he possibly could be. Um, if KP isn't able to come back exactly healthy, and if he does come back, you have a, a one-two punch that could possibly be dynamic in mm-hmm. KP and, and Bagley. So if I am the Knicks at nine, um, even though it won't happen because Bagley's not falling to nine, I would go Bagley over Sexton. According to you, I'm just saying. <laughs> if you look at the top ten though, like there's only one team that wouldn't take Bagley. I think which one? Uh, Orlando. Okay. Because if if they if they're going to keep Aaron Gordon, which I know had been rumored uh, a little bit on and off again. 
But if they're keeping Aaron Gordon, that's mm-hmm. the only team that I would truly say one through ten right now that wouldn't have a reason to like Marvin Bagley. I mean, he he is a good college player, and I think that, like I said, not all of his game will translate, but enough of it, so he's super effective. And I think that all of these teams would add value by adding him. So, with are one, we? Hold but, real quick, are we sure Orlando wouldn't add him? They like size. I mean, they like athleticism, and they don't need point guards because DJ mm-hmm. Augustine. No, but I'm, I'm serious. Like we've seen well, that we've seen that Orlando likes size mm-hmm. and they like athleticism. Well, they drafted Jonathan Isaac. He's sort of been a ghost this year. Well, he's been hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, then, we haven't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Aaron Gordon's the same thing. I mean, athletic freak. Um, you know, has a size and length. I mean, I wouldn't completely rule it out. Three guys who are like six ten and up. It's Orlando we're talking about. I'm not ruling Orlando <laughs> doing anything. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, like you said, one through ten, the one team sitting there right at ten with the seventies. If he was yeah, there, why not? Would the seventy sixers take him? I mean, would they? They need shooting, yes, but at the same but do they time, need like, another big. It depends on the contract situations. If they mm-hmm. want to make any moves this off season, you know, they've got enough for one max contract. What else can they do? I think I wouldn't put it past them. Well, it's a Colangelo. They got Hell, enough for one LeBron. I, I know mm-hmm. Jake's going to kill me because he just sent me <laughs> stats about how good Dario's been recently. Yeah, Dario's been great. But if Dario comes up closer to his contract mm-hmm. and, and you have Bagley, uh, Dario, and, and Joe, JoJo, um, as your three, Dario's coming closer to his contract, you have the ability to hold on to Bagley and you, you have the, the, the contract length. What if you just trade Dario for wing help and shooting help? I'm not saying like that would happen anytime soon, but you can move to the point where after a year of Bagley getting used to playing in the NBA and Bagley growing, and mm-hmm. Dario starts saying, hey, I want some cash, but you want to be focusing on Embiid, Simmons, um, Fultz, and Bagley, then you could just move Dario for some wing help and, and some shooting help. So, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that, hey, Bagley, a guy who we think needs some work in the NBA to become a better shooter, to become a better ball handler— that right. you know he could work you know coming off the bench for the 76ers on a you know potential playoff team with and, with with them having that Lakers And Dario time. has 2 years with a club option before he's an RFA. Okay, so he's still well, got he's still got a while. But you look at that center position and if you want to you know mix it up if Rashawn Holmes uh yeah, you you might want to add a backup big. So I'm just saying. And and Weir Johnson is going to be gone after this year. Yeah, uh, Christ, he better be. So and they just got rid of Trev Book. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my thing is like could they? Yes. Uh, I totally think they could. Do they have better options to take? Probably. Anyways, which team should take them? Which team is the best fit for Marvin Bagley? I'm going to say the Mavericks. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Dallas. If he can work at the pick and roll with Dennis Smith Jr., disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Mavericks. I think the uh, you pretty much talked me into it. I even want to say Bulls a little bit. Same reason you brought up the Knicks, and that's just mm-hmm. you have a you have a five or a four, or whatever you want to call them, if he's who there, can I shoot from the it. outside. I think he adds a ton of value. Mm-hmm. I would I would not be afraid to shy away from that. So I'll go I'll go Knicks. If Bagley's at eight, the Bulls are taking him. Yeah, and and he would be probably disgusting. It's like we to took pair with how Markinen. we took Laurie le- uh, last year, and I was like, why are we taking Markin and we need a point guard? And I've liked Markin. because because Chris Dunn turned out to I've, actually be able to play point guard. I've I've liked the finisher. You He's like proven he, me oh. wrong. I think the best Robert. fit for him is still Memphis. That's why I mocked him at six, but Memphis wouldn't take him at one. However, with how close this stuff is, mm-hmm. and, who knows? And, and, yeah, yeah, how how much this can change. I think Memphis is still the team that best fits Marvin Bagley because uh, with the way that Gasol has been shown to stretch the floor, working with Mike Conley could absolutely be fantastic. And he's working with guys that he wouldn't be the number one guy right away, but at some point he will become the number one guy with how old those guys are. Um, Conley. Uh, uh, Gasol, Gasol, yeah. um, Gasol possibly moved as well. I think it could be interesting. I think the Grizzlies would probably be the team that best fits him um, and possibly the team that could have a chance of taking him because I don't think Chicago and New York will be in the position to take him. I think Memphis, if they fall and start winning some games again, 
they would have the opportunity to take Bagley, and Bagley would probably fit best with them. But again, Bagley, you need size in the NBA. If he can shoot, he's going to be disgusting. And he just needs to learn how to play defense. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Again, the talent and the athleticism is there for Marvin Bagley. We just don't know how he's going to fit into an NBA system and how he's going to fit into an NBA team. But that's why we have you know the next five years to mm-hmm. wait and see how Bagley fits. But anyways, let's move into the final topic. And we are talking Memphis Grizzlies draft here on the Fast Break Podcast for some Brock Talk Radio. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Pod. Let us know how the flow is going. We put Wet Boys second. Uh, but if you're on YouTube, came out first. If you're watching on YouTube now, don't forget to hit a like uh, uh, don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to hit a like. Don't forget to like this video. <laughs> and also, uh, if you're new here, don't forget to hit subscribe. We're closing in on 10K. But now we are talking about which prospects best fit with the Grizzlies. And before I, you know, I asked you guys which mm-hmm. guy fits best and which guy, um, you know, is, is perfect in your mind. Let's just go to Marvin Bagley first because we just talked about him okay. in the podcast. We'll get him out of the way for Blog yeah. Talk Radio guys who we just, you know, did 27 minutes on mm-hmm. uh, on, on Bagley with Bagley. We look at him, we see Mark Gasol, we see Mike Conley there. His ability and Gasol's ability to stretch out the floor and, and his ability, uh, Bagley is, uh, at, with his athleticism, with his ability to cut, with his size, would work well with spacing on the floor, which the Grizzlies are able to do offensively. And defensively, Mark Gasol is still good, not great and great mm-hmm. like he used to be, but he's still good enough to hide the inefficiency that Bagley has defensively. So, you know, fit-wise... It looks like Bagley is, you know, a, a good choice for them. However, right now they've At lost one. twelve straight. Mm. I'm getting into it. Okay. However, they've lost twelve straight, and they're currently at the number one overall mm. position. So we're probably not going to go Bagley. No. With the Grizzlies, so there's obviously Luca number one. People have uh, him at him number one on their big boards. Uh, DeAndre Ayton number one at the big boards with 100K. We also have Trey Young for some people's, even though he's been slipping yeah. uh, a little bit lately. Which prospects best fit the Memphis Grizzlies at the number one overall pick? I thought you were going to set me up a little bit differently. I thought you were going to set me up with the, would you go and take Marvin Bagley number one? I was getting ready to say, no, no, I wouldn't. Like My pick for the Grizzlies at number one is unchanged. It's DeAndre Ayton. Like, that is who I am going with because I look at their team right now. We all had them go Bagley in our last mock draft because that was where the best power forward was. At that point, what they really need, they don't need to be a guard, so Luca's out of the question. They, yeah, they've got yeah, what world is this team but, not like? Well, I, I mean, don't think there's a position on this team that they don't need. I would go. I would Have say you, they need a big more so than a guard, and that's why they I would just, go if you just say they need and just stop yeah. right there, and that describes this Grizzlies well, team. And then it's like, what? what do you, we got to narrow it down, Dave. That's why I'm narrowing it down. <laughs> I would go with the bigs. I just go BPA. in general. And that's Aiton, because I also look into it, you might be saying, but Ricky, they got Marcus Gasol, and Aiton's not a four, he's a five. Yeah, Marcus Gasol, I'm not sold on him being a Grizzly for much longer, and if he does finish out his contract, it's next year, because he'll probably decline his player option to try to get more money, and at that point I'd say, you know what, we've got we've got Aiton. Goodbye, well, and Gasol's Goodbye, also, it seems like he's sick of yeah. Memphis as well with, with everything that's happening I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded next year, so why not take Aiton now and just say he's going forward. He's going to be our big of the future. All right, Dave, I, talk I, about Luca. I think the, <laughs> I was going to say like I just don't think they go with a five. I mean Gasol. I don't think he rejects that option. Mm-hmm. He'd be like thirty five at the time, thirty six maybe. Um, so you're probably not going to get more than twenty six million dollars at that point in your career. I think that they need everything. Like they just best player available, and right now the best player available is Luca for me. Like he just 
he does a little bit of everything. He's a great ball handler. He's a good scorer. He's a good uh, facilitator. He's just a well-rounded player, and that's the guy you need on this team because you need to start building around someone because, let's be honest, we've we've been through the years of the grit and grind Grizzlies. This is now like everybody's hurt, and we're slowing down. We're in the retirement home. Like I don't got a good name for that yet, but that's what it is. You, you basically survived this year off of Tyreek Evans having the best year of his career and Marcus Gasol begrudgingly playing. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think there's any one spot that you want to build around because you don't build around a 30 year old Mike Conley. You don't build around a 33 year old Marcus Gasol. You're not going to compete with that. So you might as well just take the BPA. So with Luca though, and we know you you think he's BPA. Yeah. And we we with Aiton we you know Ricky thinks he's BPA. Yep. But the whole thing is you're going to build around a player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want that player to be a superstar? Wouldn't you want that guy to be the most impressive thing you've seen? Uh, at in, one in overall, years. he better be. So, looking at this, Aiton has been impressive in spurts, but he's not that great defensively. Offensively, he's a monster, and you look at him, he's just physically impressive. Oh, imposing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Luca, while he might be one of the most well-rounded prospects in decades, if mm-hmm. not the most well-rounded prospect we've seen come into the NBA, again, is it sexy to take you know an international 6'8 guard who's not that athletic you know, at number one? So, with Memphis, a team that... You know, isn't a big market, isn't really going to be getting a ton of national viewers, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to take a guy who is a complete superstar? Wouldn't you want to take a guy with that huge pop? Michael Porter Jr. is coming yeah. back I know, to the Missouri back. Tigers back to where you're in going. the SEC tournament. He's not playing oh, today, man. but at some point he's coming back to the SEC tournament. I'm glad I held that pause a little did, bit longer. Yeah. I got did you response. mean to use the word pop? Because the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking... Set me up for that wrestling and that wrestling entrance. Set me up, Sean. And then you pause, and I was like, "Yeah, Michael," because I knew you were going to say it. I love it. I will I not reveal it. my secrets. But Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. This is a guy that we have seen coming into this season before he, he got injured. Well. He is the he was the number one prospect coming mm-hmm. into this, this season. He was my number one prospect coming into the season on my on uh-huh. my draft board. He's obviously felt due to the injury that he suffered against Iowa State um, in in their first conference game this year, the Missouri Tigers. Uh, we only saw it for two minutes, but he's coming back for the SEC tournament. And that means he's also coming back for the NCAA tournament, as Joe mm-hmm. Lenardi has them currently in the tournament. You look at this, and if he's able to come back, he's able to put up impressive numbers in the SEC tournament, and he's able to put up impressive numbers in the NCAA tournament and take them to the Sweet 16. This kid might put himself into number one number one pick talk again. And you look at it, I think he is a bigger star, has the potential to be a bigger star than DeAndre Ayton yep. and Luka Doncic. He might not be, you know, exactly there you know physically and yeah. he has those questions with the injury now with suffering that injury to his back mm-hmm. but if he's able to be healthy and he's able to be on the floor Michael Porter Jr. to me before this season was a number one overall pick and if he's able to come back and show that he's fine he's a number one overall pick in my mind so why wouldn't Memphis go with him now I'm gonna say when I gave my answer right now Porter Jr. not playing I was actually gonna bring him up later Sean in my head I'm thinking okay as this segment goes on <laughs> bring up Michael Porter Jr. because he is coming back but if he's on the table, then I kind of rethink my position a little bit, and I would probably go MPJ over a DeAndre Eaton, definitely over a Luka Doncic. So the question is, how many good games does he have to have? Because he is dealing with a limited time frame left. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just play a good tournament. I don't even care if they well, lose that say, first conference tournament. A good tournament, tournament is what, game. one game? Hold on, hold on. I mean, hey, it hey. depends on what he shows me. Let's not bicker. Hold on. Because a loss isn't just all on him. Real quick, let me set this up. Okay. With... Before this injury, we always talked if he had a good NBA combine, mm-hmm. he would still put himself back up into that top three yeah. draft talk. So mm-hmm. if he's able to come out on the floor, 
be effective, shoot efficiently, show some nice shots, show the ability to drive. He's probably going to get at least two games to play because if they get bounced in the first round of the SEC tournament and if they get bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So at worst, he's going to get two games. But I feel they're probably going to go at least to the second round of the SEC tournament, possibly yep. even the championship game because Kentucky's been up and down this season. Florida, obviously, last year was uh, you know going deep in the NCAA tur- tournament, but this year, a different Florida team. I mean, this is a Mizzou team that I'm not too high on, but if you add the number one player in the nation before this season mm-hmm. back to your team, this is going to give you a spike. John Tay's been playing great, his brother. I mean, this... If you add a superstar like Michael Porter Jr., you can go to the and win the SEC tournament. So that's what three, four games. I think three mm-hmm. games. Uh, well, with, with the, the SEC tournament. I was looking to see where they are right now, but heading into today, which was Saturday as we're recording this, yeah, they would be the sixth seed. Where if they went to the championship and won it, be four games. Four games. Okay, they're, so, they're probably going to get four because I don't see them being one of the bottom four teams. Okay, so four games for Michael Porter Jr. if they go all the way to the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. I think they get past that, that first-round matchup, and they at least get two games in the SEC tournament, possibly four. And in the NCAA tournament, you get probably one to three games because I don't think they're going to the Elite Eight. Um, you, you possibly get a Sweet 16 berth from them, but you get one to three games <laughs> right. in the NCAA tournament. So, Cause, what? Because I was going to say, looking at it, they would get in their first game a winner of Vanderbilt and Georgia— could beat either one of those. Mm-hmm. And then if we're going off of... Georgia's I'm, been sneaky good. I'm just going to say, for the sake of argument, just go upsets out the window. I know it's against March, but yeah. that's <laughs> how I'm going to do it. They'd get Mississippi State... Or no, they'd get the three seed, which would be Florida, then possibly the two, which would be Tennessee, then the one, which would be Auburn. Yeah, That so, would be the toughest road for them to go through the SEC. Again, I mean, I, you get two games at mm-hmm. worst if you're, if you're the... Yeah. If you're the Missouri Tigers. And and then you probably get... So it's probably be three to four games you're going to get from Michael Porter Jr. If mm-hmm. he's able to put up 28 and three and you know look good defensively... Yeah, I mean, that's attractive. That guy's number one pick in my mind. Because he's coming back and he's he's perfect. I mean, <laughs> he's perfect? He's, he's coming back and, he, and he's not showing any get-ups in this okay. game. Okay. He comes back and wins a couple games for his, uh, his team. And he's putting up 21 points, eight rebounds... Uh, three assists and shooting mm-hmm. around like fifty percent from the field, you know, maybe forty-seven percent from the field. Hell yeah, that guy's a number one pick in my mind because he's already a good free throw shooter. We've mm-hmm. seen his ability from the outside defensively. He has the body and the build and the athleticism to be a great defender. Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. could definitely be a number one pick if he comes out and does that in the NC in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. So Michael Porter Jr. to me, if he's actually coming back and he's healthy, number one pick in my mind, and he would fit great with the Grizz because not only is he filling the spots that mm-hmm. um, Gasol and Conley don't play in point guard and center, he yeah. plays. The, the three or the four, he also has the ability to be the superstar when those guys actually retire and leave off. And also, Conley still going to be there for what four, three more years because he just signed the the five year yeah, deal for the most for the uh, most yeah, money in NBA uh, history. Yep. So, I mean, he still has time to 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 work with a guy like Mike Conley, Chandler Parsons as well, um, possibly <laughs> Reek if he comes back, um, and yeah. Gasol for a little bit as well as long as Mark is there. Uh, yeah, Mark is there. So, I mean. This is a team that could add a superstar in Michael Porter Jr. As long as Michael Porter Jr. healthy is healthy, I think he's going to be a superstar. Do me a quick favor, Sean. Yeah. Look at the computer right now. How long are we into this segment? If you got to do your math correctly, uh, fourteen minutes. Okay. So we're about, yeah. I think I've had everyone wait long enough. My tease that I had in the last segment of what if this is for me? Oh, this is the Suns a, thing. This is the Suns thing. Mm-hmm. What if Memphis sits there and goes number one? Hey, you know what? We don't really want to take Aiton, but these Suns, they really want Aiton. They really want him. And they work out and the a Suns deal. The Suns are sitting at the two right now, yes. right? Okay. What if they work a deal out with the Suns to get maybe the second, 
maybe some more picks, maybe a player from the Suns, and just move down from one to two. Suns take Aiton, which in the NBA, the Grizzlies would have to take Aiton first, and then the Suns would take whoever Memphis wants, which could be Michael Porter Jr. So then they get like the 16th pick as well? They could get yeah. either the 15th or the 16th or whatever player you want to throw in that deal. I would look at that too, but especially if the Suns are like, hey, you really like, like, hey, you know, Phoenix, you really like DeAndre Ayton. I'm willing to give them to you, yeah, but, but what's the price? But so that means, it's like, I, I, exactly, I don't know how that would work out. So you're just trying to play a mental game with them. Yes. Basically, it's what it's, if we have what the, if I can get he Michael wants the Porter Chicago Jr. Bears them. Basically, what if I can get Michael Porter Jr. at two? And get something additional from the song. Well, I understand your your thought but if process. Porter comes out and plays the way you guys are talking. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance? Is there would that there be the Suns any would reason? Want yeah, so yeah. It, 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 the superstar potential is there. Uh-huh. If he comes out, looks strong, plays well. That's like, the only thing that might throw games. a wrench into it. You just, just take the guy. Take the guy. But at least yeah. right now, we haven't seen him on the floor. Right uh-huh. outside of the two minutes he played against Iowa State, and that's why Which, I those threw... are some glorious two minutes that Ricky and I saw live in person. And that's why you didn't uh, see Michael Porter live. Oh, that, that no, game was at no, Missouri. Was, yeah, you're thinking uh, Bagley. I'm thinking Bagley. Bagley yeah, we saw Bagley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw the day one game. But the reason why I thought that during the Suns one. That at that time didn't even think about Michael Porter Jr. It wasn't until after the segment started. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, you know what? MP MPJ could be going. That could throw a could wrench into it. Yeah. But it would be to me, hey, let me gauge out the Suns. And if the Suns <laughs> seem like they're hard on DeAndre Ayton, then I try to kind of swindle them and get something for that and get MPJ and something but additional. My thought with the Suns are is mm-hmm. if they really want Ayton, then they'll go and get Ayton. But also. Mm-hmm. You're not. I mean, Memphis isn't for sure taking DeAndre Ayton number one. No. So they still have that possibility to get Ayton at two if they go away and take a Luca or uh, an MPJ or you know, hell, Trey Young number one. I don't know what Memphis mm-hmm. is going to do. Um, but you know, <laughs> like that's the thing is I don't know if the Suns would give up the farm, the possibility of having three uh, picks in the top sixteen well, picks. I don't even know if to, it would to be get the farm. It DeAndre would possibly Ayton. be. It would either be a player in the two or either like the 15, 16, one of those in the two for the number one pick. I don't know. I like, that seems like a lot. Yeah, like pick swap wise, like mm. you, you still have the possibility to get eight is a thing. And you're still, you know, pick swapping and adding more just to make sure you get Aiton when you still have like a probably a 50% chance to get Aiton at that number two spot. But, and this is the whole mental mind game. If the Grizzlies make the Suns think they're going to take Aiton. Then it could be it, – it all matters of how you play the game, of how you can trick the – for the Grizzlies, it would be tricking okay. the Suns into that deal. Let's do this. Let's okay. play a little role. We have talked about the Memphis Grizzlies front office mm. on this podcast before. Mm. Oh, I don't think I have talked about off. GM Chris Wallace before. <laughs> I have made my statements and my beliefs on Chris Wallace made before. I, if uh-huh. I recall correctly, you are not favorable of him. Uh-huh. I think he should be fired uh-huh. because he is a bad GM. Good point. So, good point. <laughs> with you throwing all this mastermind trickery, we're going to get the Suns believing we're going to take. Uh, you know, we already have the eight jersey man. being made in the in the factory. We already have <laughs> yeah, uh, have them rolling out for for Memphis. Grizzlies, but you know, if you give us everything we you need, we're gonna take. We're gonna, we'll, we'll give you the, the, the pick swap, and we'll mm-hmm. take some picks. I don't think Chris Wallace is smart enough to do that. So, 
it's a great idea, but again, there's a ton out there, and then it comes down to can Memphis actually do that? And no, he can't because mm-hmm. Chris Wallace is an idiot. So um, they're probably going to you know bench the bench the bench the number one overall or, pick. They're probably going to you know be like, oh, we're going to wait till the great offer is going to come, and then they're probably going to not even get the pick in enough time, and they're going to have to just <laughs> flip anyways. Question: Yeah, what if because they're so close, it's like a half game? What if Memphis is at the one, Dallas is at the two? Because does would Dallas really need to go with a Michael Porter Jr. because they have a Harrison Barnes? They have a guy that can already fit that, and they would be more inept to go with a DeAndre Ayton over an MPJ. So wait, what's your so, like so you're basically still trade wise? Same, same situation. Take the Suns, put them at three. Take the Mavericks, put them at two. Now it's a swap between the Grizzlies and the Mavs. I mean, it could, it could happen. But, I mean, like then again, you're throwing in players because they don't mm-hmm. have the pick. The, the Phoenix thing work, works because they, they have 15 and 16. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's the reason why I, I, I understand where it comes mm-hmm. from with the Suns. The, the Mavericks one is a little bit tricky. Um, I, I still, but the Grizzlies, like Dave said, they need end it. Like yeah. take anything. Yeah. And even if that's additional players along with Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that if they could find a way to get multiple picks in this draft, they would be thrilled. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they're listening for offers, but in the NBA, star power wins. And I, I don't care if you give me three picks between 10 and 25. If I get the number one overall, I need that one overall. But we also talked about this so many times. Like, we just talked about Mar- uh, Marvin Bagley at going probably seven, eight, or nine. Right. Mm-hmm. And we just said he could be a superstar. Well, so, you said. Uh, I don't think he's a superstar. He, 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 there's a lot of two. our fans. There's a lot of our yeah. fans and a lot of people. There's a that lot think of he hype could, around Bagley. I'm let me just finish. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that think he could be a superstar. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're talking about a guy at eight, seven, nine, around there that can mm-hmm. still be a superstar. Right. There's a ton of players in this draft, this very top heavy draft. That could be possible superstars, and you know you're not if you're not if you're sold on a guy like Marvin Bagley at you know seven or eight, why not move down and then get a couple more picks, and you can get a guy like you know Shea Gilders Alexander who can be a future point guard for you. I mean, like you can not only get the superstar that you want exactly like what Boston did, where they still got the player that they wanted, but at three, and were able to add more picks last year with the Fultz right. and, and 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 Tatum swap swap. Like there's a, there's there's still that ability to get those players. So that's the one thing that. Uh, again, I think you could possibly see a trade happen for that number one spot. Um, we we got to move away from the number one thing. Uh, but if you're the Grizzlies at number one, who are you taking? That, if, if, what prospect best fits them at number one, Dave? I think I, I'm still going with Luke at number one. I, I think that he has the like basically a zero percent mischance. Like he will be a quality NBA player. He can be a superstar. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I go with that. Like what he's doing right now, at his age is pretty unprecedented. What he's doing at that level of competition at his age is even more. Like it's, it's even more impressive. So I think that is the safest pick overall to take as a team that desperately needs to make themselves br- back into a winning fashion. Ricky, you changed one. my mind, and I'm not making safe I, picks at number one. I'm going with the guy that will be a star, Michael Porter Jr. Hey, I, I'm not saying that you know DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic. Won't be stars. You changed NBA. my mind, man. You changed it. But I, I said this back when we were yelling oh, yeah. at each other when mm-hmm. we did the green screen action yep. that Mar- uh, Michael Porter Jr. I was going to say Marvin Bagley. I think <laughs> yours, yours is Bagley. No, it was still Luca. Yeah, uh, it was still Luca. But Michael Porter was my number one player. And now he's coming back. Again, this is before he's come back and played. He can go out and just be. Say so what, what? What if he averages like twelve points, six boards, and an assist a game? It's gonna be rough to convince people. I mean, he can come back at the combine and have a great combine, but then again, I don't think that's gonna put him at the number one spot. If he comes out and plays 
poorly. If he balls out, then if he comes I out gotcha. and plays poorly, then I don't think he's going to be a number that's, one. Pick. That's what I'd be curious about. So yeah. that's why I think Aiden's going to go <laughs> to the Grizzlies. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, so we got, and you we just got basically flipped. Yeah. Yeah. So and Dave's never flipped. But I, I think that Porter, if he's he comes out and, and plays phenomenally, he's going to be he's going to be the number one pick for the, for the Grizzlies. I think he's the best fit for the Grizzlies. You talked be, yeah. about you know Bagley being a great fit. I think Porter's even a better fit, and he's a better you know he's mm-hmm. he's a higher potential, higher ceiling. So, but. Again, we see the, the the closeness between seven to one, where Brooklyn is at the seven spot right now in the NBA uh, lottery simulator. Uh, they're a, ha- a game and a half behind that number one spot. So with Memphis, they're not for sure locked in that number one spot. What other players behind Aiton, behind Doncic, behind Porter could be guys that could fit this team outside of Bagley as well? Since we already talked about them, which guys do you think that could fit into this Memphis situation and really be uh, a, a player that could be a, you know, a future star for them or future you know starter for them and be really good in the NBA? Which player fits Memphis outside of that number one overall spot? With me, I if I'm going off of fit and not BPA like Dave mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I'm looking at any of the fours. I'm looking at Bagley. I'm looking at Jackson Jr. That's what I'm targeting. But really, if they're not number one, like I could see Trey Young being drafted. I could th- see them just going best player available. And if it's Trey Young, boom, Trey Young's so a Grizzly. It's just you're going BPA. Yeah. Then. Like, and then <laughs> so Grizzly, you are just going BPA. Num- number one is interesting because I feel like like that one, you can play with. Well, do we want to go with need? Do we want to go with BPA? Or like later on, it could fit more of like, well, we really need a four. This guy's a four. He could fit in. But really, it depends on where they fall. Could go BPA. Could go with a four, like a Jaron Jackson or Marvin Bagley. David. Yeah, I think if if you're in if you're still on three through five, I'd take Jaron Jackson if he was there. If you end up going even further back to that like five through eight range, five through nine. I'd start to look at some of the wings out there. I would look heavily at either one of uh, the bridges. I, I like them both. I think Mikhail I give a slight edge to. But I just think that, honestly, this is a team where no matter what you take, it's just as long as you think that guy can succeed, it doesn't matter about fit because they will get mints. They're rolling out with a D-League roster for like the third year in a row with like guys who were playing guess that player in their starting lineup the other night. I mean, like, that's literally how deep they're going right I now. I went four or five, too. You do did a good job. I, I, who was the player? one player I missed? Uh, I got I got the Harrison brothers. I think there was one player that yeah, I, there was I, one I, more, I, yeah. I whiffed. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we, we actually you know, were pretty decent at guessing the Memphis Grizzlies starters. <laughs> uh, but if we're looking at this real quick, like they're, at worst they're going to be at seven. Mm-hmm. So Luka's going to be off. Aiton's going to be off. Bamba's most likely going to be off. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be off. Uh, Bagley will still be out there most likely. Porter Jr., iffy, but he'll probably be gone. Right. Uh, Trey Young will be gone. So out there, we'll talk Colin Sexton, Wendell Carter Jr., Marvin Bagley. Again, this is at worst. Uh, both Bridges, Mikhail and My- uh, Miles, and you also got uh, uh, Kevin Knox. So those are probably the guys at that seven spot that they could go after. Dave mentioned the wings. Us? Are you asking us what we would do there? No. Or are you just throwing it out I, there? This, okay. I, you guys are done talking. Yeah, Sean's Sean turn. I'm, I'm wrapping up the podcast. Okay. We got to go. <laughs> uh, no, but those are the players that are out there at that seven mm-hmm. spot. Out of that whole pool, Sexton, Carter Jr., Bagley, um, Mikhail, Miles, Kevin Knox, the guy that you know is it would probably go there is is, is Bagley. We we talked about him yeah. before. He's gonna fit well into this offense with the players that they currently have. He's got the potential in my mind to become a superstar. Not saying that he's going to. I think mm-hmm. his ceiling is a superstar. I think he's got a low floor and, and the high ceiling. I think it's more likely that he's gonna you know mm-hmm. fall in the middle of that, but he still has that ceiling of being a superstar. I feel like you gotta go um, in that situation, Marvin Bagley the third. 
for the Grizzlies, but a guy that could possibly be fit into that spot would be a guy like Miles Bridges. I think Miles would fit mm-hmm. nicely into that that Memphis mindset. Um, if you know what I'm saying, I mean, he's, yeah. he's not really a sh- superstar. He's not a guy. You know, Mike Conley is you know not a top ten point guard. He's I very say, close. The almost all star. Marcus All is a great center, but no one's ever thought he's the best center in the NBA. Miles Bridges, I think that his top could be a very great wing, and I think he does a lot of things well. I think he could be a nice leader as well in the NBA. That's why I would say Miles Bridges because he's got the mental makeup of what I think a Grizzly would be. Um, I think he's got the the smarts. I think he's got the attitude. I think he's got you know coming from Izzo. I think he's got the demeanor of an NBA player and a guy who could really be uh, an NBA player for the next fifteen years. And I think that's what Memphis looks for: it's guys that have that longevity. Yeah, they can consistently plug players in and around. That's why you see Marcus All staying around, Zebo staying around, Conley staying around. Um, Tony Allen as well. Are you saying they around. don't have the the sexiness to pull in the free agents? Well, no, they don't. And that's the thing. They want guys that are really going to be you <laughs> yeah. know, committed. And Grit I think you, know, you see that in Miles Bridges. He was I committed totally to to Michigan State. He was committed to staying and, and, and being for um, everything that Tom Izzo mm-hmm. and the Spartans stand for. Maybe Even that's when his a little mom illegal. Told him to go get that cash. Um, you know, they got the cash <laughs> a little bit else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, but <laughs> well, allegedly, apparently, um, I think it was Noah Conley said uh, we dare not put. Miles Bridges' name in that and that he was clear. We didn't. Yahoo did. Yeah. So, sorry, Noah. <laughs> we didn't do it. We didn't write the report. Noah's Blame a Yahoo. Michigan State fan, so I kind of uh, understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I know that guy. I'd be defending he's, he's, he's my guy, too. Before. <laughs> he's, he, he always calls yep. us an idiot, so uh, I'll give it right back to him. Uh, <laughs> but final thing, I think Bridges has the mental makeup of a Memphis Grizzly. So mm-hmm. outside of Bagley, I would say Bridges would probably be the best fit for them if they're not picking in that top five again, which is crazy. Right now they've lost 12 straight, but they still could be, you know, they win a couple games. They can be all the way down to seven. But anyways, we're going to wrap up the Fast Break Podcast. We want to thank everybody who's watching on YouTube, listening on Block Talk Radio, listening on iTunes so much for helping and supporting us and, and, and you know, letting us grow. Uh, everyone who follows us on Twitter, too, and has been, uh, you know, talking to us back and forth. Mm-hmm. We appreciate all your help. We talked about the Grizzlies. We talked about Marvin Bagley III. We talked about AD. Let us know any of your thoughts and comments down in the comment section below or hit us up on Twitter at Pod. Also, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash Podcast. you want to help us uh, and support us in any different way. And also, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes, both the Fast Break Onside Kick Primetime Podcast and the Rick and Johnny Podcast. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Whitmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.